0: To all. Today's office, we are starting the 15th line, the second word on the line. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam Sarah Basar, Yaakov, Hern, Shamash, Shadav, and Lili Nishmas, Mars, Rivka, Basar, Meir, Zev, Hern, Shamash, Shadav, and And we continue talking about Sadaka, Tanahas, and we have a mission over there. The Mishnah Mesechaspeya teaches that if someone has 200 zuz, they're not considered an ani, and they're not allowed to take Tzadakah. However, if they have less than 200 zuz, they're allowed to receive Tzadakah, and we do not require them to sell household items and the like in order to make it over the 200 threshold. And that's what we're quoting right now in Machamanai Salimkar's are not have him to sell his house or that which he has in his house. Ask more of a lie, we don't make him sell it, you have a bribe. him. if he usually uses golden utensils, he has to use silver ones, meaning he has to sell the gold ones and buy silver and use that money. And if he usually uses silver, so he has to use copper. So we see that we do make him sell it. So he answers like, Hasha, no problem. Once talking about his bed and table, we will make him sell his bed or his table. He'll have to downsize from king to queen or from a nice wooden table to plastic folding table. That will make him do. But in regards to his cups, and plates, meaning that which he's eating on, we don't make him sell them. Ask delight, Why don't we make him sell his cups and plates to Amar? Because he could say, is repulsive to me. I can't eat on something that's cheap quality. even a bed and a table. Amar, he could also say, I'm not able to do that. I'm not able to sleep on a mattress, which is uncomfortable. So we answer you're right. We're talking about a silver comb. If he usually grooms himself with a silver comb, that's a luxury item. So then we're going to make him sell it and buy a plastic comb at the shekel store. Our pop Amar he gives a different answer. There's no problem. There's no problem one is before they're going to come and collect from him. Meaning, if he's at a state that he's allowed to take tzedakah, we do not make him sell any of his items. But, one is where he's already reached the stage where they're coming to collect from him. Meaning, he wrongly collected from Sadaka, and Bezin came to take it back from him, and he didn't have money, so then they're going to sell his stuff. And now, onto the new Mishnah, we continue to talk about Nudonyah, about a dowry. Yosema, an orphan girl, her mother, or brother married her off, she was agreeable to it. Because, they wrote for her that her dowry is going to be 100 or 50 says, which is really not so much. When she grows up, she's allowed to take from them. She's allowed to exact from them. That which is really fitting to be given to her. And we're going to see in the Gemara that that's a tenth of all the properties that her father left over. Now, B'huda he says differently. If the first daughter was already married off when the father was alive, so we know exactly how much we're supposed to be giving. So then the second daughter who's getting married off after the father died is given the same amount that the first one was given. Now, they say they can't be because Sometimes it could be that he was poor and he became rich before he died. Or it could be that he was rich and then he became poor before he died. So we can't give the second daughter the same amount that the first daughter got. We evaluate the property and we give it to her, meaning she gets a standard tenth. we have When we're dealing with Parnassa, the word Parnassa in this Gemara means a dowry, her so we're going to evaluate how much the father would have given, meaning we evaluate, was he stingy, was he generous? We're not going to give a tenth, we're going to give however much we think the father would have Given, but on mesva we have a brass that tells us as follows: the daughters get Mizonis and parnasa from the nechassim of their father. Kate said, how does that work? In We don't say If her father was alive, in law, this is how much he would have given her. We evaluate the nechassim and we give her a standard amount. So here is the question on Shmuel: My love, isn't the bracha talking about the parnasa which is given to her husband, meaning the nedunya? And we see clearly that we're not evaluating how much the father would have given; we just evaluate how much property there is and we give a standard amount. So Rav answers. Lie. That's not what the Brise is talking about. The Parnasa Atma. We're talking about her Parnasa, meaning the food that the Yusayim have to give her. As the Gemara, Ketani. The Brise says two things: ni and Mefarnasa. My love isn't it talking about achas Parnasa's Habav achas Atzma. One is referring to the Parnasa which is given to the husband, which is the dowry, and one is referring to the Parnasa which is being given to her, which is the food. So Gemara says, No, Idi Idi Parnasa's Atzma. Both of them are talking about that which she gets. like Hashem, there's still no problem. One is talking about the food and drink that she gets. The other one is talking about the clothing and the bedding that she gets, but it's still all talking about her, not talking about her Parnassa, the dowry, which has been given to the husband, so there's no question on Shmuel from this b'risa. But now the Gemara asks from our Mishnah. It could be that he was poor, but he died rich, or he was rich, but then he died poor. So therefore we can't give the second daughter the same amount that the first daughter got. We evaluate however much property he has, and we give her just a standard amount, which is a tenth. Now we analyze. My Ani or What does it mean he was an Ani or he was an Asher? You know, if you want to say Ani Ani ben Hasim, Asher Asher ben then when we say Ani, it means he was actually poor; he had no money, and Asher means he was rich; he had a lot of money. But that can't be because Mechlah that implies Tanakama. sorry that Tanakama, holds Afilu Asher Even if he was rich and then he died a poor man, K'damei Kar we still have to give the second daughter like the father gave to the first daughter. But we can't do that because Halesle, we simply don't have this money. If he had married off his first daughter as a rich man and then he died poor, how could we give the second daughter the same amount the first daughter got? The estate simply doesn't have that amount. Of money. So, El it must be that Ani means Ani Bidas, that he's Ani in his attitude, which means he's very stingy. Ashir means Ashir Bidas, he's Ashir in his attitude, which means he's very generous. And therefore, Rabbi Huda would make sense. And we would say that since we know that he used to be generous, we'll assume that he died as a generous man, or he used to be stingy, and therefore we'll assume that he died as a stingy man. So, there's no issue in Rabbi Huda. But going back to the Chachamim, Uqtani, and the Mishnah says, that according to Chachamim, we just simply evaluate how much property he has, and we give her 10% of it. We see we do not go Basar we don't don't evaluate what the father would have done. We simply give 10%, which you have to do, shmul, and this is a refutation to Shmuel. So Gemara says, No problem. <speaking in Hebrew> shmul like Rabbi Huda Mar Yehuda. Shmuel holds a Krabbihuda. Then now because it says in our Mishnah <speaking in Hebrew> Rabbi Huda I'm says, Im Hisi harishayna. if the first daughter was already married off yi Nasalash Kadarh Shasal which means that we analyze how much the father gave the first one, we evaluate based off of that was he stingy or was he generous, and then we're gonna give a proportionate amount to the second one. So Shmuel holds a like Krabbihuda. The Gemara asks name, Rabbi Yehuda. So why didn't he just say that The, the Gumar answer If Shmuel would have simply Said the halachas Rabbi Huda, Hava I would have thought. Davki It's only if there was a first daughter married off when the father was alive. The because the father already revealed by then if he was generous or not. Avoloi But if they never married off a daughter before the father died, I would say that I can't evaluate. I can't make an assumption what the father would have done. The chiddush and is time to The whole reason of is does lina Then we go Umdana What the father would have done. It doesn't make a difference if the father married off a daughter or if he didn't marry off a daughter yet. We still are. The father's is das, What would he have done? And why Tani see, The only reason why the Mishnah mentioned Hissia that her daughter was married off is to show the extent of the Shita the Rabbanon. The that even though there was daughter married off, and the father revealed that he was either stingy or generous, we still don't go after he dies, and we give a standard ten percent. Now, Amalei Ravla of Chizda, Ravah told her of Chizda, should we darshan in your name that the halachas are Rav Yehuda? Amalei, he told him, Yehi Ravid, should be Hashem's will. All wonderful things. Like that should be darshin into my name, meaning yes, you should say the alachas Rabbi huda. Now this means that Rava holds that the Rabbi huda, that we go basar umdina of the father. But um Rava hachi did Rava really say that? But tani we have a brayso. Rabbi, rabbi Rabbi says zanis a daughter, meaning an orphan girl, which is getting fed by the state by her brothers. Noi talis eastern achasim she gets a tenth of an achasim for her dowry. but merava and Rava said halchas like Rabbi Rabbi. So we see that Rava holds that she gets a tenth and we don't go basar umdina of the father. Tzimor so, says like Hasha there's no problem. Hada binde, binde. One is where we're able to evaluate the father. Das, because we know who the father is. We know if he was generous or stingy. One is where we're not able to evaluate him. The father never lived with us. We don't know who the father is. So in that case, we would give just a standard tenth. And is is it's logical to say that there's a story that Rebbe himself gave her one twelfth of all It seems to be that we have a sti or Rebbe on himself. We just quoted Rebbe previously saying that we give a tenth. But here we see that he gave a twelfth. So it's a sti or Rebbe himself. One is a situation where we're able to evaluate what the father would have done, though there's a situation where we're not able to evaluate what the father would have done, so then we give a standard tenth, shma mina. And now the Gemara picks up on this, Gufa we had just stated, um, Amr Rebbe, Rebbe had said, a daughter which is getting fed by the brothers, she gets a tenth of the property for her dowry. the They asked Someone who has ten daughters and one son, that means that the son is not going to get anything because the daughters are going to each take 10%, so he's going to be left with nothing. Amr Lehen, told them, this is what I say in such a case, the first one, she takes a tenth, the second one takes a tenth of what was left over by the first, the third one takes a tenth of what was left by the second, and then they pull their resources together and they split it evenly. In other words, the first daughter takes 10% of 100, which means she takes 10, the next takes 10% of the remaining 90, which is 9, the next one will receive 8.1, then 7.3, 6.6, and so on. Then they pull all of it together and split it equally, each one receiving approximately 6.5% at the end of the day, but the son is still going to receive something, he's not going to be left with nothing. But now, Samachas, on top, we ask, each one of these girls took her own. Imagine year one, the father died, and then daughter one got married, so she got 10%. And then year 10, the 10th daughter got married, and she got 10% of the remaining estate. Why is it now that daughter 10 is allowed to go back to daughter one, who got married 10 years prior and take from her? That makes no sense. Each one got their 10%. So it says, this is what Rabbi is saying, if all of them are getting married at the same time, then they're going to split it equally. And this is Rav Masa, he says, if they're all getting married at the same time, then they just take one-tenth. Ask the Gemara, you really think they take just one-tenth? How does that make sense? That's too little. What it really means is they take a tenth as one, meaning they all take their tenth that they would receive, and then they split it up evenly. And continue to talk about Parnassa the Dowry. We have a brisa Daughters. Whether they became Bagarrus before they got married, or if they got married before they became saying they lose their Muzonus, meaning they Usainim do not have to continue feeding them. But they do not lose their parnassa, they don't lose their dowry. David Rebbe, that's Rabbi's opinion. Or Shimon he says, they also lose their dowry. So, what should they do so as not to lose their dowry? They're about to become a garas and they're not married yet. What should they do? So, they should hire husbands for themselves, and then this husband of theirs that they hired is going to get their parnassa, their dowry for them. Now, it doesn't mean that they buy themselves a husband. It just means that they make it known that they have a sizable dowry to give, and that makes it more desirable to marry them. Then we're assuming that they're going to get married, and then they're their husband is gonna be able to get their dowry for them. Now Amar of Nachman he said, Amar Li Huna, Huna told me, Hilch Rebi the Halakh Rabbi, that they don't lose their panasa. Now Asi Rav Nachman, Rav asked Rav Nachman, our Mishnah said, Yusema she see ima oya khami if Yusem was married off by her mother or brother and she was agreeable to it. Because Ulba Mayo Ebi zos, they wrote her a dowry of a hundred or fifty Zuz, de when she grows up, she's allowed to take from them that which was really fitting to be given to her, meaning up until a tenth of his Nachasim. What do we see from here? Time the only reason why she would receive the full dowry is because she got married at Azaktana, gadayla but it implies that if she got married as a Gadayla, that she was Mavatar, that she's giving up on her dowry. So we answer, like, Kasha, there's no stira, Hadamachai. One is talking about where she made a protest, she made a macha. When Rebbe said in this brisa that we just quoted that she does not lose her dowry, that's talking about a case where even though she was becoming a bigeras, she protested, I don't want to lose my dowry. But Hadalaymachai, our Mishnah, which is Mashma, that if she had gotten married as a Gadayla, she loses her dowry, that's if she didn't make a protest. And Haqinavistab, it's logical to say that to Imkain, because if we didn't say that, Kasha to Rebbe, we would have a stira, Rebbe on himself. They're because we have a Rebbe says. A daughter, which is getting fed by the brothers, she gets Iser nechassim, which means she gets her dowry. And does that mean that Rabbi is really saying in Only if she's getting fed by them, meaning she's younger than a then she's going to get her dowry. But if she's older than a she's not going to get her dowry anymore. It can't be that's what Rabbi is saying, because he would be for himself in this bray said that we quoted previously. Must be that we learn from here. Rebbe obviously differentiates between when she made a macha and if she didn't make a macha. If she made a macha, then even though she grew up, she's still. Going to get a dowry, but if when she became Bagarus, she didn't make a Macha, so then that's viewed as a vitor. It's as if she's being Meichel on her dowry and she doesn't get it. And now, continuing with this, Amr Le Ravina Le Ravina, Ravina told Ravva, Amr Le Rav Adabar Ava, Mashimcha, Rav Ava told us in your name, Bagrev, she became Bagarus, she does not have to make a Macha. Nisei says, if she got married, she doesn't have to make a Macha, but Bagrev and Nisei says, if she became Bagarus and then got married, then she would have to make a Macha if she wants to keep her dowry. But here's the question, did Rava really say that? Rava had asked Rav Nachman previously in the Gemara Yisayma, which means he asked a question from our Mishnah, and Mishanile, the answer was Hadamachi, Hadalai Machi. So we see that she does need to make a Macha. So our answer is like, Hasha, there's no steer. one is talking about where she's getting Mazinus from them. Hadalai, Kamataziminayu, one is talking about where she's not getting Mazinus from them. Meaning, when Rava said that she doesn't have to make a Macha after she got married, that's talking about where the brothers were still giving her Mazinus after she got married. So she didn't want to mention anything about the dowry because her brothers were already going above and beyond giving her Mazinus after she already got married. But her silence doesn't mean she was Michael on it, whereas if her brothers were Aren't giving her mezonas, then if she's quiet and she doesn't make a macha, that means that she's mechah on her dowry. I continue to talk about parnasa I'm ravhuna, parnasa am a rebi. parnasa. her dowry that she receives is not like Tanaiksuba. Tanaiksuba over here is referring to the Mizonus that she gets fed from the brothers. Now they're going ketanai ask, what does that mean? It's not like Tanaiksuba. Enem, if you want to say, the ilu parnasa tar from Utanaiksuba loi tar from that parnasa could be taken from hinu, If there's nothing to pay her dowry with, the Yusam could go to the people that have bought property from her father and take it away from them. But Tanaiksuba, her is is now to be taken from a shubadim. If that's what Rebbe's teaching us, my one what's the chiddush in that? There's stories that happen every single day that We take properties that were bought by other people for parnasa purposes, but not for mazainus purposes. So he's not telling us a chiddush. So he suggests that Rebbe's teaching us something else. Ella, maybe he's teaching us that ilu parnasa gavi for her parnasa for her dowry. We also take from italtul and from movable objects. but her mazainus We're only going to take from property, but not from movable objects. But that can't be either because the Rabbi either. According to Rebbe, whether we're collecting for Parnassa or Mizanis, we can collect from Metalin. Titan you have a Brycea, Echan Chasim Sheshla Machaiz, Echan Chasim whether we're talking about Nachasim that have a chris, which means property, or we're talking about that don't have a chris, which means metalin, but see in Lamazinha devi Rebbe, we're gonna take these movable objects, these metaltolin, for food for the wife and for the daughters. So we see the Rebbe holds that metalin could be collected from Mizanus as well. So Elamai, Parnasa in a Suba, what does that mean when Rebbe said that Parnassa is not like Tanaik Suba? In the Khitan, it's like the following Bryce, Haimir for a person and says don't feed his daughters from his nechassim after he dies and we wouldn't listen to him that's because he has a chiv to feed them from his property after he dies he's not able to say don't use my property feed them but if he says don't give a dowry to his daughters from his property so then Shaimulai, we do listen to him because Parnassa is not like Tanaik Suba the only reason why we're going to take from his properties for her Parnassa is because we assume that the father would have wanted to give his daughter a dowry from his property but before he died he stipulated very clearly don't use my property property for her dowry. Okay, so then we're not going to use his property. And that's what it means. It's not like Tanaiksuba. Tanaiksuba, he's not able to make that stipulation. Parnasa, he's able to make that stipulation. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow, Continuing with this Sogya for now. Everyone should have a wonderful day.